You're listening to a sermon originally recorded by Schweitzer United Methodist Church in Springfield, Missouri. Check us out online at sumc.co. And if this sermon blessed you, be sure to share it with someone else. Thank you so much for listening. Now, on to the message. God is going to show up for us, and God is going to engage with us in these stories if we're open to them. And God's going to move us to a different place than where we are right now. By sharing our stories, we enable one another and encourage one another and empower one another to have greater faith, you know. Um, and uh, I, I think there's real great hope in, in that, that these stories still continue today. Yeah, so we all have these great stories. Hey, he appeared to me also. Here's my story. Here's what happened. Take it or not, but that's what happened. There are a lot of different people that Jesus shows himself to. And it was an amazing thing, time and time and time again, how Jesus showed up. I think he's, he's looking forward to doing that today. I'm excited about the series, to be in this series, uh, and, and I just love going through these stories uh, where we see the resurrected Jesus post-crucifixion, pre-ascension. I find it fascinating because the disciples' relationship with Jesus now and their, their kind of understanding of the faith and how they live this out um, is something that I can now relate to. I don't know about you, but uh, when I read some of the older gospel stories, it's more difficult uh, for me to relate in the sense that the disciples had Jesus right there, like the bodily presence of Jesus to follow. And that, that's something that I just don't, it's harder for me to relate to. But now they're at this time where, where yes, they've seen the risen Jesus. Yes, they know he's risen, but they don't have this direct access to Jesus like they once did. They desire to follow Jesus. They desire um, to, to faithfully uh, obey him and carry out his ministry. But how? Things are a little more uncertain than they once were when Jesus was with them there in the flesh. That I can relate to. Now our story uh, today is a, is, a, is a fun, it's an awesome story. And, and the disciples are not quite sure of what to do or where to go. And so they resort to what they know. Seven of them are together. And Peter says, let's go fishing. So they all go fishing. And John, uh, John writes in chapter 21, verse 3, um, that that night they caught nothing. Gone were the days when they could say, Jesus, where are all the fish? Gone were the days when they had better things to do, like casting out demons and performing miracles and healing lepers, they're just fishing. Gone were the days when there wasn't a moment wasted spent following Jesus. And gone were the days when the spectacular and the miraculous were imminent and expected at every moment. On this night, they were just seven regular dudes going fishing and catching nothing. That I can relate to. How many of you have ever gone fishing and caught nothing? Yeah, maybe like half or more. Uh, 
if you've not had that experience, how many of you have ever turned on the TV and done that like endless search through the channels on Netflix or cable and found nothing good on TV? It's incredible how much time you can spend just flipping through the channels, finding nothing. It's a very similar experience. Or, or how many of you have gone to the mall for Christmas shopping or birthday show or whatever? You spend all day there and you leave with nothing. For my wife, that's like a pretty good time. For me, that's hell on earth. It's a, uh, you get what I'm saying? So, so you get the point. The disciples, they're coming up empty. Life is suddenly a little empty. Life is suddenly less than spectacular. Life is suddenly kind of mundane, lackluster, in spite of a risen Lord. Do you ever feel like this? Do you ever feel like life is a little mundane, it's a little lackluster? Have you ever asked, God, is this all you really have for me? Have you ever just thought to yourself, this doesn't seem to be the kingdom that was promised to me. Can you relate to this feeling of coming up empty in spite of a risen Lord? That's the space that the disciples are in when they're fishing. And it's in that space that Jesus appears to them and he asks his disciples a basic and simple question. And so we're going to read from John chapter 21, verse 4 as we start out. And we're going to go through this story kind of piece by piece. This is verses 4 and 5. Just as day was breaking, they spent the whole night catching nothing. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? And they answered him, no. Let me ask you this morning, brothers and sisters, do you have any fish? But really, the heart of the question is this. Are you satisfied with your catch? Have you gotten all out of life that you desire? Are you living the abundant life that's been promised to you in Christ Jesus? Now, here's where the disciples get an A+. And I'll tell you why. Because they answered the question truthfully. And that can be a hard thing to do. Let me tell you a story. I was a, I was a construction management major for the first two years of, of college at Missouri State. I didn't even plan this, but I wore my, my whatever today. Um, and uh, so summer after my sophomore year, I had an internship in construction, and I worked at the Southwest uh, Wastewater Treatment Plant here in town. It was a really, really good job, but just horrible in many ways. Uh, construction wasn't for me. And, and so I learned pretty quickly construction isn't always the friendliest work atmosphere, especially to people as rugged and manly as myself. Um, <laughs> so I also learned that in order to avoid the, the ridicule of the people that I worked with, I had to appear not to be weak or incompetent, right? And so I also learned uh, not to ask for help and kind of figure things out on my own. And as a result, I made a lot of really stupid mistakes. 
So one day, he gives me, my boss, he gives me this job uh, to carry a, a bunch of really heavy metal pipes from one area of the job site to another. And I'll show you, I had to use for this job a skid loader. All right? This is not uh, a picture of me doing it. I just found this online. But it looked kind of like this. All right? That's a skid loader, if you've never seen one. And mine didn't have the nice handy thing that wrapped around the pipes to keep them on there. All it was was this kind of bucket of forks. And so, so I had to load up pipe by pipe onto the skid loader and then take load by load from one area of the job site to the other. The only problem is that in the middle of that little trek between point A to point B, there was a hill with a, with a fairly steep incline, a small hill, but, but a steep incline. And so when I would get, you know, I'm carrying the pipes like this, and I'd get to the hill, and I'd go down it, and all the pipes that I loaded on there would come crashing off, making this rug, and I just looked like an idiot. Luckily, no one saw me do this, but I did this three or four times, and I said, next time, I got to figure something, something else out. I got to do something different because I'm loading them on, uh, you know, dropping them, loading them, whatever. It's awful. So I get to the hill again, and I have this idea. This time, I'm going to raise up the bucket as high as it will go. Now, I'll show you. Kind of like, so that's as high as it Now, if you know anything about gravity, <laughs> there's about 2,000 pounds worth of pipe on that thing. And as I go down the hill like this, now my center of gravity is about 10 feet in front of me. And I come crashing down this hill, this explosion of metal and dirt like I've never seen or heard before. I mean, it, it scared the life out of me. I thought, I'm checking myself, am I dead? So I'm alive, thank, thank the Lord. My, my helmet came flying off in front of me. And uh, I get out of, of the bobcat or the skid loader. I, I get out of it, and the pipes are everywhere. And I even broke one of the forks off of the thing. And the first thing I think to myself, my first concern was, did anyone see me? That's all I care about. I mean, who cares about the fact that I almost killed myself, that I, that I nearly broke this like $10,000 piece of equipment, or that I had spent an hour now trying to do a job that should have only taken me 15 minutes. It's, did anyone see me? And I look around, and nobody saw me. I mean, I look, there's fields for like a mile in Eastern, no one saw me on this whole site. And so I'm just like, whew, you get the pipes back on, and I, lo and, and I go to finish my job just knowing that I'm not going to do that again. But I'll just put up with kind of just, just dumping them a little bit every time. Well, as I go up to get one of the last loads, uh, just after this whole uh, fiasco, my boss, he, he pops his head out of his office, and he says, uh, he has a stupid little grin on his face, you know, just, uh, and a uh, suspicious little grin, I guess. And, and he says, sweetheart, that was his term of endearment for me personally that he likes to use. Um, he says, sweetheart, how's it, how's it going out there? I'm guessing he heard some of the noise. And, uh, and I said, well, let me tell you this. I was really, really tempted in that moment to say, it's going fine. It is going just fine because I didn't want the ridicule. I didn't want him to know that I needed his help. I had done that before. I had not had great results. I, I was really tempted to lie and just say, I've got this. It's going fine. But I didn't. Lord knows I needed help with this project. So I was honest. And I explained my problem. And he gave me the simplest advice as to how to fix it. Anyone have any idea? Go backwards. Yeah, I mean... That's it. You just have to go in reverse down the hill. It's the easiest thing in the world. And it changed everything. It's advice that I'll never forget to this day. Just go in reverse down a hill. And, and I'm not in construction anymore. I doubt I'll ever drive a skid loader again, but it was important at the time. Now, here's the point. Is that in that moment, if I was not honest, I would have continued to struggle and struggle and struggle, and I never would have made any progress. If I was not honest, I would have never received his advice. 
Simple as that. This guy who was much wiser, much more experienced than me, I had all these reasons in my head as to not be honest and say, yes, I just need help. But had I not been honest, I would not have received his advice. And, and in that moment when Jesus asked the disciples, have you caught any fish? If they're not honest, they don't get his help. And Jesus doesn't ask them this question in order to criticize them or to ridicule them. He asks them this question to engage them in just a very important conversation. For a variety of reasons, it is so tempting to act like things are going just fine. It is so tempting to say, yeah, I'm happy. I'm fulfilled. Life's good. I don't need anyone's help. I'm getting all out of this Christian life that I desire. But when we are honest to the Lord about our emptiness, he will be faithful in leading us to greater abundance. So let's read on. Verse 6. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it. And now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. My wife, Kayla, has said many times that I'm not very easy to give advice to because I think that I know it all. Imagine that. And to this date, the only good defense that I have for that criticism is that I do, in fact, know it all. That's how arrogant I can be sometimes. You know, there are, there are some men on this boat in this story who are professional fishermen. Think about that. They've been fishing all night. They've been catching nothing. And this random dude at this point, they don't even know it's Jesus yet at this point, he says, have you tried the right side of the boat? As if these professional fishermen who'd been fishing all night had not yet tried the right side of the boat. It's the most simple and just seemingly stupid advice in the world. I highly doubt they were intrigued by the wisdom and insightfulness of this advice. It's like me saying to you, have you thought about prayer? Most likely you have. As if these guys hadn't tried the right side of the boat. As if moving... The net 10 feet in one direction is going to make any difference at all. His advice is nearly offensive to these guys who themselves knew quite a bit about fishing. But to their credit, they didn't come up with a bunch of reasons as to why not to do it. They simply did it. And maybe it's because they'd seen this happen before. I didn't realize this until Bob pointed it out to me, but um, in Luke chapter 5, there's a very similar story where Peter and some of the other disciples are out on a boat with Jesus and, um, and Jesus tells them, tells Peter to go out where it's deeper and let your nets down to catch some fish. And Peter says to him, Master, we toiled all night long and we took nothing. Same thing, he's saying, Jesus, we fished all night long. We caught nothing. And then he says, but because you said so, at your word, master, I will obey. And they caught so many fish that day that their boats began to sink. This is like three years prior to the story we're reading today. 
So they're in a similar situation now, and this guy is calling to them from the shore. They're not exactly sure that if, if it's Jesus, but I think that they hope and expect that it is Jesus. I think that they had a posture of readiness and expectation. Just days before, having seen the risen Jesus, I think they're just chomping at the bit for that next time that Jesus is going to appear in their lives. And what I'm telling you is that I, myself, and I think some of us in here, we go throughout our day-to-day life not expecting for Jesus to appear in our lives. We don't expect him to show up. And so maybe we hear words of wisdom that are from him through someone else or whatever, and we just don't think that that can't be Jesus. But Jesus does show up. We've got to be expecting him. We've got to be waiting for him. We've got to be listening for that word. And they have a posture of readiness and of willingness too because they've seen in their past that when you respond and obey the word, respond to and obey the word of God, that the benefit is incredible. The abundance that results is, is miraculous. It's magnificent. Do you have that kind of posture of, of expectation and readiness and willingness for at any given moment God to speak a simple, profoundly simple word into your life? Are you ready to respond? The moment they catch all of these fish, well, let's just read on. Verse 7 through 12 says, That disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work and threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, but about a hundred yards off. When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place, with fish laid out on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. So the moment they catch all of these fish, John recognizes this Jesus. He says, it's the Lord. And I love the image of Peter just jumping into the ocean. It's like, who cares about this miraculous abundance of fish that we just caught? Peter's not excited about the fish. He's excited about the presence of Jesus Christ in his midst. And, you know, I think we, we, can, we can fall in love with the abundance or we can fall in love with Jesus, who is really the only, the only real abundance we can have in our lives, right? I, we, we get so caught up in wanting more of, of money, more of comfort, more of notoriety, more of pleasure, more of, you know, and I'm just, I'm in that headspace in so many ways right now where I'm just caught up in thinking about the, the kinds of Abundance that are so material and so fleeting and so temporal in this life. And it's like Peter, he, he gets that abundance and it's just a sign that, that Jesus is there. He says, forget this. I want Jesus. And he just dives in, man. He recognizes the only kind of abundance that really matters. And it's the only kind of abundance that, that comes from Jesus. It's abundant joy. 
You know, it's a, it's a peace that surpasses all understanding. It's a love that is so overwhelming, so powerful that, that it casts out all fear. It erases all my doubts. It makes me do silly and ridiculous things like jumping off of a boat into the middle of the sea. I mean, that's the kind of abundance we can have, and yet we, we sacrifice that for something so much less. I've been struggling all week to kind of come up with some really insightful <laughs> way of us moving forward or some way to, you know, uh, I don't know, interpret this passage that's just profound or deep. Or, and I, guys, I don't have it. It's simple and, and straightforward this morning, I think, in the way that God's speaking to me this week. There, Jesus is here. Jesus is present. Jesus is standing on the shore calling out our names, asking us first, have you caught anything? And then second, he's got a word for us. He's got a word for me, my, my word that he's been speaking to me for a while and that I've just somehow been ignoring is, is to pray and just, just deeper, more intense prayer. And until I fulfill that, until I fulfill that command, instruction from Christ, I know that I will lack the abundance I so long for. So I'm just admitting that to you today. I encourage you to, whatever word he has for you, it might, it's, it's probably so simple. You probably already know it. And you just got to admit it, you know. Tell it to someone else. Name it, claim it. Let someone else know about it and just enter into this conversation where we can start getting to the root of the issue. I desire more than anything for you, for me, to be filled with joy, to be filled with peace, to be filled with the love of Jesus Christ in our hearts. There is no other kind of abundance that matters. So this morning, um, if Vince would come forward, we're going to partake in this holy meal where we recognize that Jesus is here in our presence. It's simple, yet profound. It's here where we can lay aside our pride. We can admit our shortcomings because we know that Jesus overcame our shortcomings. We can celebrate the fact that, that he has done the work, that he is here to, to fill us with his love, his joy, and his peace. His abundant life is available here now. He's asking you to respond in a specific way. Before you come and receive this meal, I really urge you to listen. Listen to God. Listen to that word. Give him a chance. You'll never know whether or not it was him. You'll never have the certainty that it is Jesus Christ in your midst. If you don't him show you the abundance that results of responding to his word and so do it <laughs> whatever it is for you on the night he was betrayed he sat with his disciples and he lifted up the bread at the table my body which is given for you take and eat and he lifted up the blood after the dinner and he, or the, the 
cup after the dinner. And he said, this is my blood, which is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Take and drink. Do this in remembrance of me. So Father, we pray that you pour out your Holy Spirit on these gifts of bread and juice, and that they might be for us the body and the blood of Christ. Um, help us to hear your simple word this morning. Each one of us, I pray that you, you fill us with, with greater abundance. We believe you can do this in an instant. We also believe you may choose to do this over time. But nonetheless, we surrender to you. We want more of you. <laughs> and we love you. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.